Welcome to Sign for the Times. The Society for the Involvement of Good Neighbors, commonly known as SIGN, is a not-for-profit agency in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, Canada, that provides 24 social and community programs and services. Our podcasts explore those programs and include conversations with people who have used the services of SIGN. My name is Dick DeRike. In our last podcast, we started our discussion about homelessness and housing needs in Yorkton. We continue that with this podcast. We talk to two individuals and a couple who have been there through no fault of their own. We talk to a now retired gentleman. We talk to a mother who had to leave an abusive relationship and needed a place to to call home for her and her children. And we talk to a working couple who are, again, in a place that they find comfortable so they could continue their lives in Yorkton and continue with the jobs that they have. For Robert Deck, coming from Winnipeg to Yorkton 13 years ago, seemed like a good move. His wife's family was here and he could work as an independent contractor for Canada Post. But things didn't turn out as he had hoped. His marriage broke up, which was very hard on him, and that led to deterioration of his health to the point where he couldn't work anymore. Robert, who is 71, is in a better situation now. But it took time and it took help from others to get there. I went, uh, when I quit work, I knew I, I still had money put away for a while. And after that, it's like, now what do I do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I decided I got to do something and do it quick. So I uh, I was getting, uh, for a while, I was getting a Canada pension. I ended up getting uh, an old age pension. So that totaled up to be XX number of dollars, and that wasn't very much. And then they got a hold of me and said, you know, you're not making very much, and you don't have enough money to live on here. So they increased it, and uh, it certainly helped me. So I'm not doing too bad right now. I'm I'm doing good. Way back when, uh, when you didn't have the money, uh, couldn't pay your rent, uh, you ended up out, uh, you ended up on the street. Well, what happened there was... You had to find some help from somebody, right? Right. What happened there was uh, uh, I I stalled a lot. (laughs) Uh, She was in the very nice landlady and uh, she didn't want to see me leave, but she has to answer to other people too. She kept stalling. I kept stalling. And uh, she went around and uh, said, Rob, the time has come that you're going to have to leave pretty soon. So anyways, uh, what happened was uh, I was supposed to move into the people downstairs. We had it all planned that I would move in with them downstairs. I would pay half of everything and they would pay half. Well, unfortunately, they weren't paying half of their money. They were busy gambling all the way. I phoned Jen up and uh, asked if she was in, and they got a hold of her. And then she she called Melinda. Is that how it uh, how it went? That's how it worked. Yeah, she called Melinda up. Yeah. Social services uh, have suggested that you move to Regina. Well, that was uh, I did not like that at all. Yeah. Sir, you know, we, the only thing, best thing we can do is uh, give you an eighty dollar uh, bus ticket, and you go to Regina. 
well, what's out in Regina? Yeah. Well, we've uh, we've got places out there where you can uh, you can shelter out there, and uh, I found out that they charge you for shelter out there. Well, where is I going to get the money to do all this? So no, I turned it down. Gladly yeah. turned it down. Yeah. I thought I'll, I'll find somebody some something around here. You're uh, you're renting now from uh, Ed Howe. Uh, we talked to Ed a couple of weeks ago, um, and he's your landlord now. And uh, um, I sounds to me from the people I've talked to that Ed and his wife uh, they they go out of their way to make their their tenants make people that live uh, in their places uh, make them feel at home. Oh, I I twice as apt now where. There's a knock on my door and uh, and uh, her uh, phone call to come on over. And uh, the last incident was uh, at, uh, at uh, Thanksgiving when they made me a beautiful, beautiful supper. And, you know, they're both wonderful people. To... I understand you also have a friend who uh, who provides you with some transportation around town when, when you oh, need wonderful, it. Wonderful. Uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff, uh, beautiful man. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's fantastic. He's and if I don't get to see him, I can kind of homesick because he's just a very very good friend of mine. And uh, he came from also the United Church. I guess uh, Jen asked uh, one day if somebody could drive this person around to get groceries and stuff like that. So. Jeff agreed to, and today we've been we've been friends, and yeah, he's really nice that way. And uh, you know, I'm afraid that uh, I don't know what I'd do if it wasn't for these Yorkton people, because uh, I don't know where I would end up. I really don't. Sound it sounds like the Yorkton people have treated you well. They treated me absolutely 100 percent compared compared to where I lived before, and uh, just I just couldn't get over it, just. Coming from Winnipeg, coming to here, just totally, totally different. Yeah, you also, have, you also have a friend in uh, in Winnipeg, I think. Wonderful, said, wonderful. Uh, uh, he phones, he phones you every day. He phones me uh, usually around five o'clock every day. He's another one that uh, that uh, the very, very nice fella. Yeah, he texts on me every day, and uh, yeah, he's he's fantastic. That's for sure, and. Uh, and uh, if he can't get a hold of me, he tries somehow. <laughs> yeah, right after work, he goes home, on his way home, he gives me a call. Yeah. What um, what advice would you have for other people? I mean, uh, there are people that find themselves in this kind of situation like you've been in. Well, first of all, I would, I would try and work your marriage out, please, you people out there. Just do something to to uh, to save your marriage. Because I'll tell you, I'm not lying to you. It's not good being lonely. I they got uh, uh, different programs out here. That's I noticed, uh, and I was told, and I didn't know that. Yeah. Now if I have a problem, and uh, I feel very, I feel secure now. Where I know that, uh, hopefully, and. Uh, You'll never get put out on the street again. And if you are, you know, you can get help somewhere. I got my little home and I'll tell you right, right now, it makes a difference 
where where you're living someplace where where you want to want to live. Well, I'm not doing too bad right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing good. Robert has another source of support. I pray night and day, and uh, that's helps me a lot. And I keep on praying too. So don't you people out there just you know just take some time out there and and pray to the Lord and I believe me, he'll he'll answer your prayer. Sometimes circumstances change quickly in personal relationships and domestic arrangements, which means that housing has to be found quickly. That was the case for our next guest. She's a mother of two children who immigrated to join her husband, who was already in Canada and in Yorkton. But she soon found herself in an abusive relationship. Because of that situation, we will not identify her or provide any details about her current location, and we have disguised her voice. But her story is very real. How did you find out about sign housing support? I I learned about uh, sign housing support while seeing the nurse practitioner, Wanda, and my counselor, David, at time. They told me about the sign housing program. It was very difficult to kind of arrange to speak to them because they were still living at um, at home. And Melinda was very helpful and she understood the situation I was going through at the time. So she came to visit me and called occasionally, um, very often actually, <laughs> to make sure I was doing okay. Melinda was uh, able to find a suitable place for you and your children then? Yeah, um, Melinda didn't give up at all, and Sign is actually a godsend. And she was very resilient. She came up with a lot of choices to see where I was comfortable. And it didn't take uh, a long time to find a place. It took about a month. I was actually surprised how quickly it went. And uh, where we are now was just the best one, and it's a great place and it uh, it sounds like you now have a place where you feel safe yes I do I do feel very safe and um, it's very peaceful where I am so now I'm able to get back into remote learning where I'm actually studying to become a victim service coordinator where I can assist someone in the future just as Sign did for me, and they motivated me a lot. It was a very scary experience, not knowing anybody here, not knowing who to contact or how to find a place to live. I would not have been able to do that or accomplish the stuff that I have if it was not for Sign. Sign kind of became my family, well, is my family, <laughs> and right now um, they don't stop helping, they don't give up. They provide help in many different areas, including uh, counseling, housing, health care. I didn't even know they were uh, able to do all of that. I'm speaking with Warren and Sandra Shevery, an older middle-aged couple who have lived in Yorkton for the past 12 years. Sandra manages and Warren volunteers at Serendipity Thrift Shop on Broadway West in Yorkton, which is owned by Yorkton Victory Church. They often help others personally and through the thrift shop, 
But like many of us, they are also often reluctant to ask for help when they need it. In October of 2019, however, they contacted Sign Housing Support. They needed a hand. Tell us how you arrived at that point back in October of last year. Well, we were uh, renting an apartment uh, here in Yorkton that, and the maintenance people weren't weren't doing very well with the looking after things, and we had a terrible time with. Uh, we had a big boat with bed bugs. We lost all our furniture, our beds, and everything. And uh, prior to that, the winter that winter we had the when it was very cold out, we had lost our boilers for two weeks. Oh. During that time, our budgie that we used to keep in a cage by the window, he froze to death. And uh, just it was just terrible. They, they they wouldn't look after things. Everybody was freezing, and then and then the bed bugs hit, and we just fought those for months and months and months. Lost all our furniture, uh, clothing, and some of our articles of clothing. I mean, we were living in the garbage bags, and I kept asking them to repair stuff, fix stuff. They weren't doing anything, so I stopped paying rent. And uh, then it, after two months, uh, I told him, I said, okay, you're not doing anything, so I'm, I want you to t- wipe off that two months because we got nothing done. We lost all our furniture and our basically our ability to live comfortably. And uh, they took us to the rentalsman. The rentalsman said, well, your rent has to be paid. You, you can take them. You have grounds to take your landlord to back to that rentals place and have them you know, look after that bill, but we had to pay the rent and we made arrangements that they, uh, with the rentalsman and the owners or the management company to uh, look after that. They're going to allow us to get caught up on it. And then after we get off the phone, that was on a Tuesday. On Thursday, they told me they wanted a full month's rent by by Monday. And then on Saturday, they told me, got a hold of me and told me that they wanted all the money by Tuesday. So we just basically got out there went and grabbed our tent and went and lived in the tent. So this is the summer of 2019. And yeah. you found yourself basically with a tent and no place to live. That's right. And uh, um, it wasn't so bad. Dick. It was, you know, it, I wouldn't recommend it for people at our age, but, you know, and especially with my health issues, but we survived it. We got through. We didn't complain. We managed to eat every day and we were dry. And, but living indoors is a lot better than living in a tent. Well, and especially when it gets to be fall and yeah. winter and winter around the corner. Yeah, it was starting to get cold coming on the end of it. Yeah, imagine, imagine the, the mornings were probably a little chilly by that time. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's not hard to imagine uh, in Saskatchewan in October. Um, <laughs> but you did know about you. You were familiar with Melinda uh, and with with some of the signed programs. We were because we would a- access those programs for other people. I, it just never dawned on us to access it for ourselves. We just didn't think that way. Um, so I was aware of them and. It just seemed weird that we never thought about asking for help for ourselves yeah, until yeah. Uh, one day at Greg and Greg's office when they, they asked me the question, like where we were living. And then it dawned on me, kind of like a revelation. Someone flipped the light switch. <laughs> <laughs> you had been helping other people. I mean, 
so you and, and and sign obviously was was something that you were familiar with. We we knew about it. Um, it just happened that um, the day we were in Greg Ottenbright's office and and uh, uh, what's her name Rachel Rachel mentioned uh, when she asked the question and Pastor Kevin Swalski was there as well. And when they heard about that we were homeless, I after they were done giving me a blast for not asking for help. Because um, they are quite appalled that you know we've helped so many people that we shouldn't be getting help, and then when they mentioned Melinda's office, I was like, oh yeah, that's right too, <laughs> you know, because um, at that particular time we were in a, we weren't in a very good spot financially, as, as some may know, it sometimes costs more money to live uh, outdoors than it does yeah. live indoors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you called Melinda. I, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes, we got a hold of Melinda. Awesome, the way, like at, at that time, how the people stepped up to offer us assistance and, you know, places to live. And, and you know, York and I find, if you if you can get yourself to ask, I found York to be a place where people will step up to the plate. She found, uh, she, she has contact, obviously, with, with various land, landlords. She seems to be very well connected in the community and knowing her from other uh, ventures that we've worked on with the community center and so on. She seems to have a a tremendous amount of resources and she's there for people in the community. Um, And she had brought in a fellow, Doug Schick. Oh, yeah. And he was very helpful. He had an apartment where someone had pulled off a midnight move and he didn't have the time to clean it. So he said if we wanted to to move in then clean it and it would be ours and uh he was very gracious and gave us the rest of that month of free rent and we've been paying rent for it ever since you're still in the same place still in the same place mm-hmm. um a year so over just over a year now and uh i met with the new or with the owners the other day they they took over as new managers and they made the statement that for a guy that pays his rent early all the time, we don't want to lose you. So what can we do to help? So I mentioned at the start that um, you're no stranger to helping other people, um, you know, both through your uh, personally and uh, and through your the thrift store where Sandra manages, you work, uh, you volunteer. Um, yeah. It's one of the things that, that you do and, and have been doing. Yes. Yes, and in, in our life history, like we, we've been married 33 years, and this is the first year in 33 year, three years of marriage that we've actually been just Sandra and I. We've used to always have not just our kids, but we've also had uh, like people living with us that needed help. And over the years, we've had as many as like four extra people in the house. Yeah, yeah. You you came from Edmonton, um, what about a dozen years ago or so? Yeah. What um, what brought you to Yorkton? Well, Dick, we, we were living in uh, Edmonton in a place. Uh, I was driving truck, and our young fellow was going to school. The school was only about a block from our apartment. And uh, on a Friday night, two 12-year-old boys got in a knife fight and Ouch. killed each other. Ugh. And 12 years old, you know. And I said to Sandra, and we, we had lived in New York and back in the mid-90s, early 90s. And uh, I said, you know what? We're moving somewhere safe. And at that time, Yorkton was about the safest place we could think of. 
So I made some phone calls here. We had jobs lined up. We had a place to live lined up. And ironically, uh, uh, the jobs, both of the jobs I had lined up uh, fell through. They had hired drivers before I got here, and I, even though I did confirm that I was coming. And then the job that Sander had lined up, the, the company decided they wouldn't hire until later on in the fall. And the place that we had lined up to live in, the people wouldn't move out of. <laughs> so the, there again, out comes our faithful old tent, and we lived out of Cherrydale Golf Course for two months out there before we oh, found yeah, a place there. Yeah. That was during the time here in Yorkton when they were building the, the plants there. Yeah, yeah. And you we couldn't you couldn't even get a hotel room. Yeah, that's when the uh, yeah the canola plants were under construction. Yes. Yeah. Just there was just nothing available. I suppose we could have went back to, to Edmonton, but you know what? We have our tent. That's it, and it came in and it came in handy again. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like my, my, on my mother's side of the family, we're, we're treaty. So I'm sort of like them. If yeah. we don't have a house, we got a teepee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you, uh, what, what motivates you to help? What, what, you know, what, uh, it, it comes, it, it sounds like it comes naturally to you, but what's the motivation? I, I, it's just how we are, the way we were raised. My mother used to tease me. My nickname when I was growing up was the Pied Piper. I was uh, always bringing strays home, whether it was a dog or a cat or uh, people. You know, my mom says, when I open your bedroom door in the morning, I don't know what I'm going to find, you know, or how many's in there. I, don't, I just, but my mom and dad were always like that too. They were always helping people, right? Yeah. And even back through the history of my family, our, our family is known to be that kind of a family that we just help people, help those in need. Um, and when it, go, when it goes way back, you can go back a long way, and that just seems to be the way it is, right? Yeah. And just when someone has a need, we can do something about it, do something about it. And, and I'm assuming that uh, um, some of the clients who, who come to the thrift store are there because they need some help as well. Yes, we actually, and I, I encourage people too, anybody that's listening to, to ask, ask for help. We, when we, I know there was a lady came in here a while ago and I just knew something wasn't right. And I asked her what things were, you know, I talked with her a little bit and what things was happening. And she told me she had just left an abusive relationship, just walked out the door with her kids, nothing else. Yeah. She didn't even have a pot to cook something for her kids to eat. So we just told her, like, you take what you need, get what you need. And that's what we're here for. Well, that's a great way to end uh, these podcasts uh, that we've been doing on homelessness and housing support in Yorkton. Uh, yeah. If you need help, don't hesitate to ask for it, as Warren and Sandra will tell you. Yeah. And uh, I think they'll also tell you that when you receive help, consider paying it forward and help others wherever it, you can. Pay it forward, yeah. yeah. Life can be turned around, can't it? Yes, it can.